Thank you for tuning in today. It is an honor to come into your home, your car, or wherever you're watching or listening this, to this. My name is Chris Montgomery, uh, and I'm the pastor here at Fraser Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Today we begin part one of a three-part series that I've simply entitled, Remember This. There was a truth that was instilled in me as a young child that I want to pass on to you over the next three weeks. But before we get started, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to the Fraser family for your prayers, your support, your encouragement during this time of transition. Emily, Eddie Ray, and I cannot be more excited to be here with you and to begin this journey together. Also, please be sure to see our plan to come back to in-person worship. That plan is on the Fraser website as well as the Fraser app. And if you do not have the Fraser app, please get that for the most up-to-date information. And please know as well, we are watching the situation closely in our city and in our state, and we're going to adjust and be as flexible as we need to be in the days ahead. But also, thank you for your prayers and the flexibility you've already shown as we've been navigating these days. And today, I'm standing in the atrium at Fraser Church. To my right is Wesley Hall, where we host our contemporary worship services. Back to my left is our sanctuary. And these are places where people have been worshiping for many years. We've been coming to this place to make much of Jesus Christ and lift Him high as Lord and Savior of our life. And since we can't be in either hall today uh, in person, I'm standing in the atrium as a sign of unity, that we're bringing the two together, that we may be one church. Now, as we get started, if you would, please grab your Bible uh, and please turn to Galatians chapter 6. That's where we're going to be in just a few moments. Uh, also, if you do not have a Bible, that's okay. The words are going to appear on the screen in front of you. But if you will, also grab a notebook and a pen uh, so that you maybe jot down a few notes as we go through this. If you would, let us pray. Father, we come to you in this moment and we are so thankful. We are so thankful for what you're doing. Lord, there's a lot of craziness around us, but today we believe that you have a word for us. So Lord, would you open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes, that we may see you and only you. We pray this in Jesus' good and powerful name. Amen. Growing up, um, there were a set of guiding principles uh, that my family had, and I was blessed to grow up uh, in a family of faith, and, and they really were people who loved the Lord and, and instilled in us that love for God as well. Uh, but us, like every family, uh, we had guiding principles that were passed down from generation to generation. And, and all of us live with a set of what I'll call inherited beliefs. Uh, these are beliefs that are passed down from grandparents to parents to children. We all have them. Some of them are really good. Some of them are not so good. Uh, but if I, as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about a statement. Uh, and it's something or a version of this statement that I've heard over and over in my life. I've heard it from my grandparents, heard it from aunts, uncles, cousins, heard it from my parents. Anytime someone was going through something hard in life, this statement is what would come to mind and somebody would say it out loud. And the statement was simply this, don't give up, don't give up, pray about it. God will get you through it. Don't give up, pray about it. God will get you through it. No matter what it is, God will get you through it. Today, I want to start with the first part of that sentence, and that is the phrase, don't give up. Don't give up. You know, we all have a common problem, and that problem is, if we're being honest, that there are some things in life in which we give up too fast and too often on. 
Many times in life, we simply give up too fast and too often. And if you think about it, there are three big areas in which we give up too fast and too often. The first area is we give up on what is possible. We give up on what is possible with God. I was thinking about this, and, and I was reminded of Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. It, here, Jesus is talking about salvation of all things, and he says this. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. Again, talking about salvation. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Not only is salvation possible, but anything is possible with God. But many times we give up. And we give up because we lose sight of the possibility that is God himself. We forget the fact that we have this God who can intervene in our life and literally do the impossible. But sometimes, again, we remove God from the human equation or, or the situation we're in, and we find ourselves giving up. But not only do we give up on what is possible with God, many times, if we're being honest, we give up on people. We give up on people around us. Sometimes we think that people have in some way maybe sinned too much. Or maybe they have somehow exhausted the grace of God in their life. I was reminded of Peter's words in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He said, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, God is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone, everyone, everyone to come to repentance. Some of you, right now, you're living with this. Some of you have loved ones in your life, and you're wondering if they have maybe wandered too far from God. And the answer is they have not. There may be people in your life who you love who are far from God, but I promise you that God is not far from them. And so many times whenever we see people who we love dearly in our life and we see them far from God, uh, many times we think they've gone too far, but they have not. God is still at work in their life and He is still working on them and in them. And again, many times when we're ready to give up, we're ready to throw our hands in the air, God is not. But not only do we give up on what is possible with God, not only do we give up on other people, Sometimes the person that we give up on is ourself. Sometimes what we do is we give up on our own potential. We give up on what God can do in us. I'm reminded of Paul's words in Philippians 1, verse 6. He said, And I am sure of this, Paul was sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Notice the will. Will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. What this verse tells us is that God is going to continue to push us and pull us and stretch us and challenge us so that we will become the people that He sent His Son to die for us to be. This verse tells us that God is not through with us yet. And no matter where you find yourself today, no matter how life may be going, at least in recent days, I promise you, God is not through with you. He is not. And so the problem that we all have is that many times we simply give up. We give up too fast and too often. We give up on what's possible with God. We give up on other people. We even give up on ourselves. But have you ever wondered why? Why do we give up? 
I think there are many reasons, but here's a few. Sometimes we give up because of fatigue. Sometimes we allow ourselves to get tired in an unhealthy way, and we become disillusioned with life. Sometimes we give up because of fruit. Maybe there are things we thought we would see in our life or things we thought we should see happen in our life and we don't see those things and we find ourselves in a place of being discouraged. We thought we'd be further along by now. Sometimes we give up because of fear. We allow fear to creep into our heart and mind and it's as if we, we dread getting up and just facing another day. Sometimes we give up because of our own faith. You heard me right. Sometimes we give up because of our own faith, because we fail to cultivate and tend to our faith. and We find ourselves dying on the inside. Sometimes we give up because of failure. Somewhere in our past, we made a mistake. Somewhere back there, we failed, and we know we did. And because we failed back there, many times we think that God cannot use me right here today. And whenever we get to that place that we think, because I failed somewhere in my past, God cannot use me today, all we're doing is denying God's redemptive power for today. Now, there are many reasons and many other reasons why we give up in life. But the truth is, is that when we find ourselves in one of those places, when we find ourselves in a place, regardless how we got there, when we find ourselves in one of those places where we give up or we're giving up on God, on people, on ourselves, when we get there, there is a promise from God that calls out to us. There is a promise, and here's the promise. I want to give it to you in my words, and then I want to share the verse with you. The promise is simply this. is that The promise is God rewards daily diligence. Notice I did not say that God rewards daily perfection. Notice I did not say that God only rewards us when we get it right. No, God rewards daily diligence diligence. Here's the verse. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says this. It says, so let's not get tired, notice the words get tired, of doing what is good. Notice the word good. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. That word, those two words get tired means to lose heart. It means to live in a place of constant discouragement. And he says, let us not lose heart, get tired of doing what is good. That word good is an amazing word. It means what is beautiful in God's eyes. The verse goes on and says, at just the right time, at just the right time, this is on God's timing, not our timing, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Notice the will there. We will. This is a promise. We will reap a harvest of blessing if, if we don't give up. Those two words, give up, they are so powerful. The, the words give up means to release, but not just release instantaneously. Many times whenever we find ourselves tired or discouraged in life, we actually do not give up instantaneously, but we give up slowly over time. It, it, the image is it's kind of like hanging on to a rope, and we feel our hands getting tired. And as our hands are getting tired, we feel our grip loosening until we let go. That's what Paul wants us to think about in this verse. And he says, it's just the right time. He says, I promise you, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. He's saying, don't let yourselves give up. 
Don't give up on God. Don't give up on other people. Do not give up on yourself. But again, this is something that happens slowly over time. And right now you may be tired. Right now you may be discouraged. Right now you, you may be ready to give up or you feel yourself giving up. And you know you've been giving up for a long time. You may be tired of waiting. You've been faithful, but you've had to wait. You've been prayerful, but you've had to wait. You've been struggling with something, crying out to God, but you've had to wait. And you know you're tired. And you may be in that place where you don't want to give up. You don't want to, but you feel yourself slowly giving up and letting go. And you feel yourself giving up. And you say, I don't want to do it, but I don't know what else to do. And you may be saying, well, what now? What do I do now? It's a good question. Here's the practice. The practice is simply this. I put it this way. Don't let go of the God who will never let go of you. I'm going to say it more practically here in just a second, but let's start here. Don't let go of the God who will never let go of you. You see, daily diligence that God always rewards, daily diligence always leads us to daily dependence. Always. Daily diligence always leads us to daily dependence. And the truth is, is that no one, not, not anyone, not, a, not anything in this world can take your faith from you, but you can let it go. You can give it up and walk away. This is why Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Paul is writing to a minister in Ephesus, and Timothy is going through a lot. He's struggling with many things in life. And Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, cling to your faith in Christ. Cling to it and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences, and as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Notice the first phrase. Cling to your faith in Christ. Paul is saying, as a mountain climber hangs on to his next grip, you cling to Christ, Timothy. Do not let go of him. And you see, when we cling to Christ, I believe he will always guide us through troubled times. Always. But what this verse also tells us is that a shipwreck is certain. It is certain when we cling to anything other than Christ, especially in those moments when we cling to ourself. Because the power to persevere is found in Christ and in Christ alone. It's only in Him. It's only in Him. And so every day, every day, we pray the same simple prayer. We say, God, I, I may not see it. I may not hear it. I may not feel it. But today, I'm clinging to you. Today, not just I believe in you, but today I believe you. I believe what you have said. And sometimes the most powerful prayer that we can pray in life is simply to say, today God, I'm with you. Wherever that takes me, I'm with you. Wherever that leads me, I'm with you. It's in those moments when we cling to Him, He always, always clings to us and He will never let us go. But here's the possibility. There is something that is absolutely possible for your life and for my life. And the possibility is that one day, one day, that I could, that you could, that we could, we could be known as people who did the will of God.
that we actually did the will of God in our life. You know, a lot of times, whenever we think about people who did the will of God, and they kind of get that will of God phrase tagged to their life, many times we think about the super saints of old. You know, we think about people who did amazing things way back then, and we read about them. The truth is, is that you and I can be people who do the will of God as well. The key is that we have to continue to cling to Christ every day. Every day. When you read about someone who did the will of God in their life, they were simply ordinary people who clung to an extraordinary God every day. Every day. They did not have some superpower in and of themselves. They were simply people just like you and just like me who clung to Christ every single day of their life. I love the verse in Acts 13, 36. It says, After David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died, and he was buried with his ancestors. That phrase, buried with his ancestors, is, is a nice way of saying he was buried with his family. But notice this. After David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his family. What is possible is that one day people will be able to say about you and people would be able to say about me that Chris did the will of God in his own generation. And then he died and he was buried with his family. One day people could say your name, that you did the will of God in your own generation. And then you died and you were buried with your family. I bring that up because, you know, the truth is I don't know what you want to be known for in life. I don't know what your aspirations are in life. But what I do know is that it is possible for you to be known as a person who did the will of God in your lifetime. That is absolutely possible for you. What it takes, though, is that daily diligence daily clinging to Christ, not getting it all right, not knowing everything there is to know about life, about God, about Scripture. No, it's just daily clinging to Christ. And, the, and as you cling to Him daily, you're going to walk with Him and depend on Him every single day. And you will fulfill God's will for your life. Some of you have met my son, Eddie Ray. Eddie Ray is six years old, uh, and ever since he was two, two and a half, three, he loved, he's always loved building things. So he started off with those blocks, you know, that they don't connect in any way, just wooden blocks, and he would build towers. And then he moved on to kind of bigger Lego sets. Uh, and then now he, he'll do Lego sets, build Lego sets that teenagers would build. He absolutely loves it. He's really good at it. Uh, but Eddie Ray, when he was about two and a half or three, he would build with these little wooden blocks, and he would try to build towers as high as he could. And sure enough, he'd start building the tower, and he'd start getting off course a little bit, and the tower would fall over. This may be able to happen one time, but if it happened a second time in the same sitting, well, many times Eddie Ray would get up from his little table. He had a little Paw Patrol table, and he'd get up from the table. He would put his chin down, and he would say, I'm going to time out. And he would walk into his bedroom, shut the door, and flop down on the bed. 
And, and at first, you know, the first 20 times he did this, we thought it was really cute. Uh, and so he would. He would get so frustrated that he could not build the blocks the way he wanted to. He would go put himself in timeout, shut the door, lay on the bed. We as parents, Emily and I, we would we'd always go over and we'd knock on the door. We'd say, Eddie Ray, you, you don't have to put yourself in timeout. It's okay. It's okay. And he'd say, I'm in timeout. Okay, okay, you're in timeout. We'd go back a few minutes later and we'd knock on the door and we'd say, Eddie Ray, if you'll just come out, we'll help you. We're here. We'll help you build the tower. He'd say, I'm in timeout. Okay, okay. And we just kind of had to let him work that out in the bedroom by himself. Eventually, though, he would come out. And he would come out, and many times he'd go over to his table, and he would let us help him build the tower. He was ready to start again. One day, Eddie Ray did that. Tower fell over. He marched off, put himself in timeout. And I thought to myself, how many times do we do that with God? How many times do we find ourselves frustrated with what's going on around us, what's going on in us? How many times do we find ourselves discouraged, disillusioned, upset in some way, and we just go put ourselves in time out? Maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe, just maybe, maybe you have put yourself in time out. Maybe, to put it another way, you've given up. Maybe you've given up on God. Maybe you've given up on another person. Maybe you've given up on a group of people, a whole community, a whole city. Maybe you've given up on yourself. Just maybe. If that's you, if you've given up, if you've put yourself in time out, maybe today is the day for you to get up and not give up. Today just may be the day for you to get up and not give up on a God who will never give up on you. And if that's where you are, if that's what you're going through right now, I want to pray for you. And here's what we're going to do. I want to pray, and I want to ask you to pray with me. We're going to have a song of reflection. Then after that song of reflection, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to talk about two important connections that you need in your life. And so, if you will, let's pray, have a song, and then I'll come back for just a few moments. Would you pray with me? Father, right now, in this moment, I pray for every person who is watching or listening to this. And Lord, I especially pray for those who, for some reason, they've put themselves in time out. For, for those who right now, they, they feel like their grip on life is getting weak. And they may not want to give up. They, they just don't know what to do next. And so, Lord, I pray that we would just see the power of daily diligence, of clinging to you, of hanging on for just another day because we know that you're going to give us the strength to get through it. And so, Lord, wherever we are right now, whatever we're going through right now, 
I simply pray that we would not give up. Would you help us not give up on you? Would you help us not give up on the people you've placed in our life around us? Would you help us not give up on our church, on our community, on our city? Would you help us not give up on ourselves? And Lord, would you truly be Lord of our life as we cling to you for all of our life? Let it be so. In Jesus' good and powerful name, amen.